Welcome to Eczema Breakthroughs, brought to you by Global Parents for Eczema Research, or Cheaper. This show features conversations between parents of children with eczema and the world's leading scientists and researchers who study eczema. Global Parents for Eczema Research is an international network of parents that advocates for better treatments and management options for children with eczema. Jeeper is led and comprised of parents of children with eczema and was formed in 2015 to address the critical need for research that answers questions of importance to patients and families. Learn more about Jeeper and subscribe to the Eczema Breakthrough Podcast at parentsforeczemaresearch.org. Hello and welcome everybody to the podcast. I'm Corey Caposa with Global Parents for Eczema Research, and our topic today is topical steroid use in children. Now I'm pleased to welcome today's guests. First is Dr. Steve Feldman. He's a board-certified dermatologist and skin pathologist at Wake Forest School of Medicine in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. He studies patients' treatment preferences and treatment adherence for skin conditions, including eczema. He's also served on the American Academy of Dermatology's Atopic Dermatitis Treatment Guideline Committee. We also have Kathy Tullos. Kathy is a registered nurse and the president of the International Topical Steroid Awareness Network, or ITSAN. She's the parent of a child that suffered from topical steroid withdrawal after using topical steroids for eczema. And we also have Jeff Kastner. He is also the parent of a child with eczema who found success treating his child with a combination of cream, topical steroid, and antibiotic. He is a parent advocate for this treatment, and he attended our patient-focused drug development meeting in 2019 called the More Than Skin Deep meeting to share his experience. So Dr. Feldman, Kathy, and Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you to be here. I want to first acknowledge that our topic today is controversial in our community, but we want to tackle it head on with a thoughtful discussion because oftentimes that doesn't happen. We just retreat to our silos, but it generates a lot of concern and anxiety among caregivers. Um, it can help eczema symptoms, but the effectiveness can decline over time. And a lot of people report that it's hard to wean off of them once they start. And then of course, there are side effects that we hear about. So Dr. Feldman, I wanted to start with you. This treatment has been around for eczema for over five decades now. So, you know, they've been in the field, people have been using them. Help us understand what we know about effectiveness and safety in kids and what we don't know. Yeah, the body's making steroids all the time. When we use them topically, more often than not, probably there's not enough absorbed to have any internal effect. There was a nice review that looked at what long-term studies had been done, and they didn't find any worrisome side effects of long-term topical steroids. But we know that if you use potent enough topical steroid long enough, it could thin the skin out a little bit. Low and medium potency topical steroids for atopic dermatitis clear the rash up fast and have basically no side effects in the short run. Thank you for that overview. I wanted to ask, though, because I think this is where parents have concerns. There haven't been a lot of long-term studies, especially those that look at kids. What patients and parents talk about is they use the topical steroids, they get clearance, but as soon as they taper, it comes right back. They end up using them on their children long-term and without cessation effectively. In that population, if it's really extensive, severe disease, 
They maybe they need some topicals for their worst spots, but they may need something like dupixent or phototherapy or some other systemic therapy for control of their condition. Yeah. Jeff or Kathy, any follow-up questions here? What's difficult is they're approved for short-term use, but they're used on chronic conditions like eczema. We really don't know how long is too long. And so I think that's where the problem is. With my son, he was burning and stinging on treatment. I didn't mistrust this drug. I'm a registered nurse, so I think I fully know how to execute treatment plans. We were fully adherent and did properly treat. So it's been a really crazy journey to try to figure out why he's rebounding so severely. And when you're communicating that it's not working and not just not working, making things much worse. Sometimes doctors don't think that you're adhering to your treatment and you are. Topical steroid withdrawal syndrome is a new emerging diagnosis. It's controversial, but it's being published on more. We finally decided to just see what happens if we stop using steroid. You know, we had treated him for three and a half years. With my son, it took about 18 months for him to fully clear up. We then did patch testing to see if maybe he was allergic to that steroid and he was not. Members of our support group do clear up over time after ceasing use of steroids. This does not happen to everyone on steroids, but for the people who it does happen to, they should be aware and be able to recognize it. Yeah. On that point, Jeff, you've had great success with longer term steroid treatment for your son in combination with a topical antibiotic. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. My son was covered head to toe. Dermatologists basically prescribed steroids every time and it did absolutely nothing. So they went to oral steroids and oral antibiotics. They would clear it for the seven to 10 days. We'd come off of that and then it got worse every time. So that's when I found Dr. Aaron and contacted him and he said, hey, there's a staph element here that's not being treated. So even when you use steroids with this, you're basically reducing inflammation. You're putting on Vaseline. So the staph is increasing. And he said, everywhere you've got red, that's really bad staph bacteria. He prescribed a topical steroid with a topical antibiotic explaining that addresses the staph. And he told me that it has to be ongoing. He said seven to 10 days isn't enough to treat severe eczema, especially with staph bacterial infection. We put that on the very first night. In five years, my son slept through the night for the first time, and the second night was even better, and I just I couldn't believe it. So I kept that up daily for the full year, and now he hasn't used it in several years. Yeah, thanks for sharing. It's really interesting. Here's three parents with such different experiences with topical steroids, and I'll share. My son went down both of your paths and didn't have a resolution of symptoms with either of them. So to me, it points to the remarkable heterogeneity in the atopic dermatitis community. Yeah. So Dr. Feldman, can you talk about this phenomenon that so many parents observe, which is they're taking the topical steroids as instructed, but they're not working or they stop working? Yeah. When it comes to adherence, the great majority of people who have been prescribed topical medicine are not putting it on as directed. And we know this from studies that put computer chips in the caps of the containers and record the day and time people open and close the containers. And, and in their diaries, they say, we put it on twice a day, but the computer chips report that they're not putting it on. Maybe the reason why they're not putting them on as much is because they're not seeing the benefit of the steroids. Usually it works the other way. Topical steroids are so effective that people quickly stop using them because their child is getting better. 
One of the studies we did took people with eczema who had failed topical steroids, and we put them on topical steroids under conditions designed to get them to use them. And in this very, very small study, everybody got better. Is it possible there's some people whose genetic predisposition is so strong that they don't respond to topical steroids? Yeah. You make a really good point that people aren't adherent. And yeah, this is complicated. A parent goes into the doctor's office with a young child who has moderate to severe eczema everywhere, and you leave with these five prescriptions, all with different steroid potencies, telling you to put it here for this amount, then taper there, step this, step down. It's really complicated. And I do think it's hard for people to be adherent. You've been up with your itchy child all night and suddenly you've got this complicated regimen. We don't give any support to parents and patients oftentimes outside of that visit. Yeah. One thing I want to make really clear, I never blame the patient. I haven't done what I need to do to support them. Giving patients five different things to do, I think is ridiculous. And it's not the patient's fault. Even the whole practice of medicine, here's a prescription, I'll see you in two months, is ridiculous. If a piano teacher said, here's your sheet music, I'll see you in two months, nobody would expect that that next visit would sound very good. Right. Yeah, for sure. These communities of patients that we're talking with are not small. The community that Jeff is referring to, they join because they're not having success with straight up topical steroids, usually. That's like a 70,000 patient community. We're over 80,000. And Kathy's group is very large too. We're in the tens of thousands. So it may be not the majority of patients, but these are a large number of patients that are struggling to find solutions on conventional therapy, which is typically topical steroid use. If you have extensive total body disease, I'm not sure a topical therapy is a practical solution right from the get-go. So I would not expect people to be adherent. But if we're talking about are topical steroids safe and effective for somebody who has relatively limited disease that they can put topicals on? Yeah, it's generally safe and effective for that. Yeah, and I think it's a fair point. Are these the right treatment for a moderate to severe patient that's really covered now? We're on the precipice of this new age of treating. Is this even going to be the main issue moving forward now that we have all these new topicals and new systemics and biologics coming on the market. And the journey that we had with our kids is not going to be the issue. I hope so. This is really opening new doors to just being able to listen because you have something else to offer. Do I feel that topical steroids will become less the treatment? I don't believe that at all. I think the vast majority of cases of eczema are just eczema without these problems that people in this group have experienced. A topical steroid probably takes care of that in most cases. Yeah. A lot of parents and patients have found success combining steroid with antibiotic when they didn't see the same degree of success with just steroid. Why would this combination be the key to seeing resolution of symptoms? Eczema can look like it's infected and maybe sometimes it is infected. If there's infection there, it should be treated. I had the impression that if I gave people a little antibiotic, it could help. But the clinical trials haven't been terribly supportive of that conclusion. My son did have antibiotics orally two weeks out of every month for a year. When he was on antibiotics, his skin looked amazing. 
I do think a clinical trial is warranted for the treatment that Jeff mentioned, so many people using it, but it just has not been studied. I want to get to some parent questions here. Joseph from Puerto Rico asks, are there lab tests that can measure how much corticosteroids are in the body? And are there clinical criteria to determine if you've had too much exposure? Yeah, in theory, a blood test could measure how much steroid is in your body. I've never seen in my 30 years of dermatology a case, but I bet it happens. I think it'd be a rare event. But if somebody were to take our strongest steroids like clobetazole, and use them continuously for a month or two, yeah, I think it would have enough effect to be detectable. A simple way of monitoring that is they measure your height. That's why my son, he was referred to an endocrinologist. Yeah, we, we had the same experience. We got referred to the endocrinologist. Our endocrinologist could actually show us how he was charting my son's growth for year after year. Because is it possible steroids are stunning his growth? And, and he said, no, it's not. Here's why. We don't see any significant alteration in this graph when he started steroids. And he said, if your son's got full body eczema, what you did for him is far better then daily stressors all through your body, that's going to contribute to that problem a lot more. Yeah, Jeff, I think that you raise a good point. I don't think you can use a growth chart in a simple way to assess the steroids because the eczema can affect the growth as well. It wouldn't surprise me if some children with severe atopic dermatitis who have poor growth from their atopic dermatitis, if they get their disease cleared up with a little bit of topical steroid use, they might start growing better. Not to discount Kathy's anecdote, again, different people, there may be different issues going on. Well, I think that's why it's important to go to the endocrinologist because they can do tests to rule out what it's going yeah, on. 100%. Yeah. And it's a good point too, because these kids aren't sleeping and that's when growth often happens. Debbie in the UK asks, how can patients avoid getting stuck in a cycle of use where the eczema returns aggressively as soon as you stop. And Deborah in Chicago asks, should patients be on topical corticosteroids for years on end without break? How do you avoid getting in this pattern of continual use because you effectively can't stop using the steroids without a terrible flare? If it's covering 30%, 50%, 80% of the body, you could try topical steroid and the disease stays gone, great. But if it stops as soon as you stop therapy, it's time to add either phototherapy generally or a little low-dose methotrexate, possibly cyclosporin, or nowadays, if you're age six months and over, you can get dupilumab approved. I think it's safer than some of the older drugs. I think it's really important to acknowledge different patients have different experiences not just with eczema, but also with treatments. There's no one way to treat this condition. For mild cases, topical steroids can work really well. But when you start getting into those more severe cases and they're not working well, it's time to find something else. And thankfully, we now have some new options. Adherence is a challenge. I think there's a lot of reasons for that. In reality, people are using topical steroids differently than how they're usually prescribed. And we still have a lot to learn. It can be challenging for parents and patients when they don't see the results and they're hearing about side effects and maybe they're not using enough. And so therefore they're not seeing the results they want to see. One advantage of the Dr. Aaron regimen is that it's super simple. 
for sure, parents and patients need more support with this. So we need better ways of supporting our patients with managing this complex disease. So with that, I think we should wrap up. Great discussion. And thank you for being part of the podcast. Great discussion, guys. Enjoyed it. My pleasure. Thank you. In part two of our episode on topical steroids, we're going to examine the research evidence for their use. This interview was recorded separately at a later date. So welcome to the podcast. Joining us from the United Kingdom is Sandra Lawton. She's a dermatology nurse consultant and clinical lead at the National Health Service. Sandra has worked in dermatology for 34 years and been instrumental in setting up the award-winning clinical service for children with eczema and the Nottingham Support Group for Carers of Children with Eczema. Sandra is also a contributing author on the 2022 Cochrane Review article entitled, What is the Best Way to Use Topical Corticosteroids to Treat People with Eczema?, which assessed and summarized 104 studies on topical steroid use for eczema involving 8,443 people. Sandra, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Sandra, I wondered if you could walk us through some of the key findings of the Cochrane Review. The Cochrane Review identified that you need to have two treatments that work well, and that is your emollient, which is the mainstay of everybody with eczema and should continue even when the eczema is well controlled, and using topical steroids effectively and safely. It's important that when eczema flares, you have the right potency of steroid to gain control. Then once that's clear, you need to then use the steroids two days a week in the future to prevent flares. Using the steroids two days a week to keep control of the eczema showed no evidence of any skin thinning and is a very effective regime for children and young people that have those hot spots of stubborn eczema that constantly flares. Can you say a little bit more about this preventive approach? So you use the adequately potent steroid to clear up that flare, but then you continue two days a week to use the steroid to keep that flare under control. Yeah. Is that something that people with more severe eczema need to do indefinitely to keep those hot spots from coming back? You can use the twice weekly regime for one or two months. And if they're not flaring, they can leave it off. For some young people, it may be better treating the flares when they flare. But for the majority of young people, we do find that it works really well. I think parents are equally preoccupied with the adverse events. What did you find from the Cochrane Review of these hundred some odd studies about those adverse effects? And what do we still not know? There was no evidence from the Cochrane Review of any skin thinning or problems with using the steroids twice a week. The side effects and problems with steroids are when steroids are used long term on body sites where the potency is too strong or there's consistent overuse of products. There's lots of misinformation around topical steroids, but in clinical practice, we don't routinely see side effects. In my 30-something years of dermatology, I think I've probably seen one episode of systemic absorption. I've seen a few thousand children over the years. The benefit is your child's eczema will be under control. It will improve their quality of life. They will sleep better. They can participate in activities. So the review did show that topical steroids are safe and it's important to treat and prevent flares of eczema safely and effectively with the topical steroids alongside using regular emollients. Thank you. And I think that one thing that does happen with the more severe eczema is you never quite get to that point where 
things clear up. And so sometimes people escalate in potency of steroid. And that's where we see people maybe getting in the cycle of inappropriate use where they're using too much high potency steroid for too long. When somebody can't gain control of a flare like that using topical steroids, are they at that point really a candidate for other treatments? It's a very holistic approach to managing young people and children with eczema because there's so many variables. For example, what things in the environment are triggering a flare of the eczema? What products are they using? And once you've revisited how they're using it and taught them how to treat it effectively, then yes, there are treatment options, but it's a continuum. It's a stepped approach to managing eczema. You talked a little bit about this balance that I think parents are trying to strike. I know I always was, which is trying to minimize overall exposure to steroid, particularly in a young child where there's so much body surface area involved with clearing the eczema. You've got to balance using a lot more of a weaker one for longer without building in a break versus a short, sharp burst of something a bit more potent and gaining that control. So we have to look at the impact the eczema is having on sleep, school, relationships, friendships. If they're getting infections, often patients have recurrent infections and you have to treat the eczema to prevent infection. I always say to families, if you've got poorly controlled eczema and they're getting recurrent infections, it's because the bacteria is having a party in that eczema skin. You may need to step up for a short burst to get that control because you're not treating normal skin, you're treating thick eczema. So that's why you need to feel as well as look because that will tell you. When you say feel, do you mean how it feels texture-wise? Treat the eczema till it feels normal. So compare the site where there's eczema to the normal skin and you want it to feel normal and smooth, okay? Often people stop too soon. You need to keep going a few days after it looks less pink and red and it feels normal. And ensuring that they're still using their emollients. There's often a concept, oh, my eczema's better now. I don't need to use my moisturisers whereas you moisturize to protect the skin as well. In the Cochrane Review, it sort of states in the summary that most studies were really quite short-term, but what about long-term and what additional studies are needed? I think the review does show that it's constant, persistent use without a break. That's when you're going to start running into problems. You need the right strength to give control and then building breaks the skin recovers and you're not going to get the side effects. There's always going to be more need for more research and studies. Okay. So here you're talking not just about the Cochrane review, but your experience in clinical practice, yeah, okay. integrating the both, because there really haven't been hardly any studies looking at steroid use over the long term, as I understand it. And that's why the Cochrane reviews are quite useful. Yes. And what I appreciate about the Cochrane review is very helpful to understand what the body of evidence can speak to and what it can't speak to. In part, what I take away from the most recent Cochrane review is there really wasn't much there about unwanted side effects over the long term. They came largely from low and very low certainty short-term trials. So I think it is fair to say that there is more research that needs to be done there. I wanted to talk about a couple of questions that came from the parent community. And one person asked, can people become addicted to steroids and experience withdrawal when they stop? In clinical practice in children, I have never seen that. And my colleagues would probably agree with that. Do we know anything about the precision medicine approach versus matching the right patient with the right treatment related to steroids? I think that's an area that would probably need further research. I wanted to just mention the conclusions of the Cochrane Review. The summary said that overall, we are moderately confident on the effectiveness of steroid creams to treat eczema. 
but we have little confidence in results on unwanted effects because studies were small and did not always use the most reliable methods. Potent and moderate topical steroids are probably more effective than mild topical steroids, primarily in moderate or severe eczema. However, there is uncertain evidence to support any advantage of very potent over potent topical steroids. Effectiveness is similar between once daily and twice daily or more frequent use mm. of topical steroids to treat eczema flare-ups. You don't need to do it twice a day exactly. to get the same effect. And I think parents will be really relieved to hear that because they're more often wanting to reduce the amount of steroid used. Various products say use twice daily, but I only ever use steroids once a day. Once a day, you're going to use it more effectively. And the evidence has shown that. I think that's such a helpful finding. And then the, the review states that topical corticoid steroid weekend therapy, so just those two days a week, is probably better than no topical steroid use or reactive use to prevent recurrence of eczema or relapse to flare-ups. I have not heard that before. It's an interesting point. I've been using that method for many years and it is very effective of getting control. And if you can keep control with two days a week, that makes a huge difference to your life and their life and obviously reduces the risk of flare-ups and having infections, etc. Yes, with those hot spots that keep coming back, maybe they just take a lot longer to heal. And so they do require constant attention for a longer time. The final two paragraphs of the summary say adverse events were not well reported and came largely from low or very low certainty short-term trials. Mm. In trials that reported abnormal skin thinning, frequency was low overall and increased with increasing potency. And finally, the conclusion said, we found no trials on the optimum duration of treatment of a flare. And no trials on time to leave between application of topical steroids and emollient. And then finally, it concludes that there is a need for longer term trials. So I think these are really important points and certainly ones that resonate with me. One thing I do take away from our conversation with you today is there's an art and a science to it. And I appreciate you bringing both perspectives of the Cochrane Review, but also insights from your work in the clinic with patients day to day. But thank you, Sandra, so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Eczema Breakthrough Podcast. To learn more and join Global Parents for Eczema Research or to subscribe to this podcast, please visit us at parentsforeczemaresearch.org. And if you enjoy our podcast, consider supporting it with a tax-deductible donation through our website. We depend on listeners like you to keep producing high-quality, science-based episodes. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on the Eczema Breakthrough Podcast.